you know, some people are night owls. Great. Do your workouts at night. Get on the bike at 10 o'clock. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We get so caught up in clock time. We get so caught up in the future of how we think we're going to feel. Well, if you just decide that you're going to feel awesome, and if you just decide that if the body is fatigued, that it's not going to affect your mood, like if you just decide, that's the thing that I think we forget is that we we have free will to make decisions of how we're going to feel. And so let's say we decide that we're going to feel good and we wake up the next morning and we feel tired. The first thing we do is we say, oh, I feel so tired. We forget that we made a decision the night before that we were going to feel great. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because the rest is confusion in the universe and then you're going to, you're going to keep getting confused thoughts and confused days and confused results and confused experiences. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, I'm your host, and I am also the subject matter of this podcast. I don't think it gets much better for me than this. Win-win. Win. I get to be the host and the guest. Yay! I'm here with Beej, I'm here with Clark, and uh, I'm kicking it in my two times you recovery tights. I am literally hours following my finish of my first 100K, and we are here to share that experience with you guys. So um, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. So many messages to my own Instagram through Yogi Triathlete. People who have my number were texting me. Just amazing, you guys. BJ read me messages out on the trail last night in the dark. And gosh, it's so beautiful. This community is so incredibly powerful and strong. And what I love about you guys is that you freaking get it. You get it. We are all here for a life of adventure, pushing the boundaries, and I am so grateful and happy to live off the front. So thank you all for sending out those messages. And I think I replied to everybody, but if I didn't, give me a little holla and I will do that. I might be a little punchy because I'm sleep deprived. I have uh, nine toes, one has is deceased, and I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> so, Beach, I'm going to hand it so over to you. So that's where we are. Yeah. That sets the stage. Yeah, that sets the stage. So, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's, 100K. No, no messing around. I got, no, no messing around. I got gonna, some resting up to do today. We're going to get right into it. So, 100K, when did this come into your awareness? Let's, let's backtrack. Let's briefly just set the stage. It started to come into my awareness... 2018 just being on the trail San Diego hearing people talk about it hearing about this party in the desert and I didn't even I didn't get on the website I didn't know what it was I knew there was a hundred mile I knew there was a hundred K but I never really even checked it out I just kept hearing it and when things come into my awareness like that right everything is alignment and energy I was like huh this Havelina thing that sounds fun you know plus you know, I'm always drooling at going bigger and going longer, always kind of drooling at that. And, you know, I'm here to to continually find out where the limits are and meet those and love them and, you know, get to the other side of them. So, yeah, I would say it was like 2018. And then I was doing some running with my friend Pamela last, like late last year and she was talking about it a lot and then I reached out to our athlete Liz and I said hey what about Havelina and she said oh it's already on my calendar you know registration opens January 1st and um, so January 1st I registered 
No hesitation, which is usually your M.O. No, why hesitate? Well, I can think of many things that, that could come into the awareness of what's the course like. Uh, how much is it? Doesn't matter. Is it still open? Doesn't matter. How much elevation? Doesn't matter. Just do it. If it if it's coming into your life, there's a there's that's alignment. So act on it or not. Doesn't really matter if you act on it or not. But the hesitation thing comes in with the thinking and the calculations and the all of that stuff being fueled, I think, by fear and anxiety of is it gonna be too hard? Am I not gonna be able to do it? If it's aligned, go do it. If you feel it in your heart, go, go, do it. Don't hesitate. Just act. And that's what we've actually been talking a lot about recently is the momentum. And so you have this hit and, and you feel the momentum building. And, you know, why would you want to stop that? Why would you want to halt the momentum that you're starting to listen to your heart or you're continually listening to your heart? Because a lot of people are already on this path. Like they already feel that hit inside. Act on it. Act on it. Yeah. 100% act on it. We know that the heart has the greatest energetic resonance. We know that the heart actually is what determines the mapping of the brain, right? They've done these electromagnetic scans of the heart, and we know that the heart is the biggest energetic field. It knows what it's doing. Follow it. And it's going to ask you to do scary shit for sure. It's going to ask you to do crazy, scary shit. Just the answer is always yes. <laughs> and this is so great. You need to jump into that present right there because that's where the mind gets involved and it wants to it's thinking about an experience in the past and it's saying oh just you did a 50 miler and you were oh remember that time that it was painful and remember the lead up and you weren't able to run your full distance and all these stories build up and it's it's blocking your momentum to to act on that decision well, and it's also attunement, right? So thought is universal. They're not your thoughts. Thought is universal. So everything is energy. What are you attuning to? So I can look back at Lake Sonoma and say, oh, it hurt, it this and that. But that's not what I attune to. Even in the moment when I was like transforming into a wild animal to get to the finish line, I wasn't caught up in labeling the sensation. I was just like, I am alive. I am alive. And last night, like we were... Every time I kicked a rock with that deceased toe, I was like, I'm alive. I'm alive. It's just reminding me that I'm alive. So when I look back on Lake Sonoma, it's like, I like becoming a wild animal. I like getting dirty. I, I like doing things that are, I guess, challenging to the human. I like that. And, and it's all, people are doing bigger stuff. They're doing shorter distance stuff that feels just as big. It doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter it's what are you aligned with like I don't feel in my heart like I want to go to Kona World Championship I don't but if I did if that was placed on my heart you better believe I'd still be an Ironman you better believe I'd be working showing up every day to get there but that's not on my heart but yesterday was on my heart and now it's in my bones and it's in my cells and as I sit here now I'm just absorbing that fitness and getting stronger yeah totally <laughs> this whole week you're just going to get super, super fit. I know. I love that. And and I feel it. Of course I, you do. I now, I feel it. And I think the first time I really, really felt it was that week between Lake Sonoma and Mendocino. It was like Wednesday or Thursday. I was like, oh my God, I'm stronger. Like I could feel it soaking into my cells. And that sounds, that might sound vague and that might sound kind of out there for people. But when you really get acutely aware 
of your body awareness. I'm not talking about just noticing things. I'm talking about feeling when you're experiencing cellular shifts. It's so cool. And I felt the fitness come in before Noble Canyon. It like hit on Thursday before. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm stronger today. And I felt it hit for this. Like we were going out for runs and I was just like, I feel really, really good. And I wasn't feeling really, really good the, you know, two weeks before the race. You know, as this inflammation settles down in my body, I mean, I'm already pretty much walking fine, which is the bonus of a plant-based diet. I think recovery has been the biggest thing that we've seen. Um, just being conservative, not rushing back into anything, but also not losing the momentum. All right, so the norm is to do a big race and then just stop, right? Take a few days off, do nothing. I got, I've got meditator, meditator Bob in my head right now going, no, <laughs> right. Right. why would you stop the momentum? Right. It takes so much to get momentum going. Yeah, the, I realized, I realized how important it is for that day after and the two days after and the three days after to keep the body moving somehow. Walking, if you can't walk, obviously get into the pool. Yeah, I'd like to get swim. in the pool. I'd like to get in the pool today. Yeah, we'll get in the pool. Uh, but biking, after Mount Tremblant the next day, I did a 45-minute swim and a, an hour bike. Just simple, easy bike. And yeah, the body is going to feel the inflammation. But all you're doing is just moving. You're moving things through your body. You're keeping that momentum going. In my opinion, it's doing absolutely nothing, laying on the couch for 48 hours is, is actually going backwards. Yeah, that's thumbs down. Yeah. We want to be active. All right, so let's. All right, there's the hundred k. You you're, you've lined up. You've decided what does um, what does training look like leading into this race. For you. More and more and more, I f- am really feeling, all the years, like I've been training whatever race it is that I'm doing, I've been training for it since two thousand and five. And even before that, and even before that, like when I was doing my aerobic stuff and, you know, then you and I, when we first met, we'd do like our three oh, mile runs. And bike and around the drive. We'd bike around Ocean Drive. <laughs> Ten miles. On our mountain bikes. <laughs> and it's all prepared me for whatever it is that's in front of me. And I think that we get really caught up in training blocks. Oh, my training block didn't do good. Well, what happened the year before and the year before, Right. And it is all, it's really about that momentum. So what does training look like for me? I run seven, six, seven days a week. I swim one to two times a week, yoga. My relationship with yoga has really, has really shifted. If you talk to me, you know, I would say even Three years ago, I was like, you got, you got to do, you know, this many yoga, like I do this many a week. And I have found so much brilliance in the 15-minute practice, the 20-minute practice, the 30-minute practice. And so I'm doing a lot more. I'm, I'm hardly ever going to a class, but I'm doing these little 15-minute, 20-minute sessions here and there. And I'll do that two to three times a week. And I would say three to four times a week, actually. And that's medicine. The pool is medicine and the strength work. So my sucks enough came in the middle of July, coming off of pacing my friend at Lake Tahoe, where I had been managing some foot sensation. And 
really started to come up against this like like you should be able to heal this in your meditation or something like that like just stupid stuff that was keeping me from getting vulnerable and asking for help so I started to work with Dave from Inside Out Strength and Performance and it was really like during our podcast with him I was like oh yeah I'm getting in here and I have been relentlessly committed to that and relentlessly committed meaning wake up at 3 30 meditate get to the trail lay your mat out in the dark in the cold all bundled up doing exercises in the pitch dark at the trailhead without excuse without drama and then peeling off the clothes and getting out there in the dark and doing my runs and that's what it takes if you want to, if you want your yes to be yes and your no to be no, like if you say you're going to do something, this is really important stuff for really living with more flow in your life is let your yes be yes and your no be no. So if you're going to, if you're saying you're going to do something, then say yes all along the way. Yes, I'm going to get up at 3.30. Yes, I'm going to go do the exercises. Yes, I'm going to make time for it. And those exercises, we started with like really just deep foundational, very basic stuff on the mat. It's probably like 15 minutes a day. It got to a point where it was like 45 minutes a day, twice a day, plus long runs, plus everything else, the swimming, the yoga, the life, the podcast, the work, the amazing athletes that I work with. And it's just making the time day after day after day and it wasn't necessarily part of it was shifting your day, like just tuning into the things that are really important that need to get done. But you also made the commitment to wake up earlier, like come back into the, all right, let's, let's wake up. I was getting up at four 30. Now I need to get up at four and, and backtracking yeah, it that and, way to make the time. And so what, so what, so what if I get up at four? So what if I get up at three, four, so what, who cares? We, we get so attached to, oh, I'm going to be tired and then tomorrow and I've had a big day and I had a long day and I have this and I, well, none of that is helpful. Set the alarm, set the intention, get the espresso in the thing, on the stove, get the shoes, get the keys out, get everything. So you get up and you're out the door. Yeah, the biggest, the biggest thing you can do is get on the other side of that front door. It ha That's your commitment. Yes. You got to plan the night, night before and it's get everything laid out. Get on the other side of that door. How many times over the years would it be like getting off the the trainer, right? Getting off the bike, you and I, at like whatever, 8 o'clock at night, putting dinner together, washing out the bottles, putting the bottles together for the next day, getting the clothes out, changing over the laundry so we'd have run clothes for the brick, getting the bikes, bottles on the bike, you know, Everything we need, how many years of that have we done that? Where we're like, oh my God, all I want to do is go to bed. All I want to do is just watch something on TV. Like, And it was like, no, show up, show up, show up, show up, show up. And the more you show up, it's just easier to show. It's just who you are. You just show up. But if you're, if you're allowing those excuses to win, gosh, it just makes everything so much harder. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be hard. Life doesn't have to be hard. Running 100K doesn't have to be hard. Running 100 miles doesn't have to be hard. None of this has to be hard. And for people that say, 
when we hear responses that it's hard or it's really challenging, it's only because they haven't they haven't um, achieved it yet, right? They're relying on something that they have no reference point for, and they're trying to think about it. Or like there saying. was an experience that that was that labeled well. as labeled as, and bad. then that becomes their yeah. story. And, and so yeah, so Mel Robbins has that five four three two one. I know I talk about this, but I feel it really works well for athletes. If you want to get up in the morning, you commit the night before, you roll over, the alarm goes on, and you're like reaching to hit snooze. And the thoughts are coming in saying, well, I'll actually have a window around 1 o'clock this afternoon to do my run. That's when you, you jump in. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Count yourself and get up. And some people are, you know, some people are night owls. Great. Do your workouts at night. Get on the bike at 10 o'clock. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We get so caught up in clock time. We get so caught up in the future of how we think we're going to feel. Well, if you just decide that you're going to feel awesome, and if you just decide that if the body is fatigued, that it's not going to affect your mood, like if you just decide, that's the thing that I think we forget is that we we have free will to make decisions of how we're going to feel. And so let's say we decide that we're going to feel good and we wake up the next morning and we feel tired. The first thing we do is we say, oh, I feel so tired. We forget that we made a decision the night before that we were going to feel great. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because the rest is confusion in the universe and then you're going you're gonna to keep getting confused thoughts and confused days and confused results and confused experiences. Just keep it simple. Like when we say simple, we're talking simple. All right. So, okay, so give, us, give us a training regimen. At okay, least, so at training, least just some insight into like maybe some structure that you had. Uh, Monday is usually a recovery day. So a swim and yoga or a swim and an easy run. 30-minute shakeout. I love those shakeout runs. Tuesday could be back on the trails maybe an hour and a half or so like I'm just kind of thinking on average Wednesday is always run group depending on where I am with training it could be a double run day Thursday's back on the trails usually longer Friday will be an easier day Saturday may be a steady day 10k you know between like a 10k and a 12k or something like that and then Sunday's big Sometimes as training gets bigger, Saturday will be a couple hours and Sunday can be up to seven hours. So then, so swimming is usually typically Monday and Fridays are really nice too. I usually have a lot of athlete sessions on Fridays, but when I can sneak in a swim, that's amazing. And yoga is typically Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Sometimes I throw down a little bit on Saturday. So for hours, I would say you've been training maybe 15, 15 hours a week, roughly. Maybe. I don't know. Including the swim, including the yoga, the strength. It might be more. It might be in the 20s. Up, so if 15 to 20, 20-ish. Yeah, but when you think about like a seven-hour run, there's half of that right there. Yeah, but then you sprinkle seven, in. eight, nine, ten, eleven. shakeouts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it would probably be close to 20. Um, I got my biggest mileage weeks in, which is fun. Uh, my biggest mileage week that I've... Well, actually, I just had my biggest uh, running mileage week as of yesterday. Which was? 70 miles. What was it really? 69.8. Perfect. <laughs> There's nothing coach likes better than to come in at 69.8. Yeah, which is cool. Um, so I'll be seeing that number more and more, I'm sure. But my biggest 
Mileage week leading into this race was uh, just under 68. So again, it was like 67.7 or something like that, whatever. And that's really cool. But I think what's so smart about that number is that that wasn't a number that we planned. That wasn't like you have to hit. We never chase miles. We never chase miles with your training. And I think that's what keeps me going is that it's all about consistency and moving forward. And if we think that we have to get a certain amount of miles in, we're, I just don't think you're giving yourself a chance at the potential of success that you've got. It's about consistency and momentum, consistency and momentum. Yeah, I think that it's a durability question in my mind because you look at ultra runners or runners out there and you may equate your mileage to them. They're going at a much faster pace and they've already built a huge, huge foundation to, to build this on. So it's important to to just show up for who you are in that day. And whatever the prescribed time is, you continually nail out and bang those you know, 30-minute runs, 45-minute runs, and stacked and stacked. And slowly they build up to 50-minute runs and then hour five. And then as you continually do this day in and day out... You get to a point where you're consistently running, you know, an, an hour to an hour and a half becomes your short run. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's really cool to look back on just a couple of years ago, leading into my first ultra, my longest run was 14 miles, but we built it on a consistent weekend. We did 14 miles the next day. I think I did three miles easy. And the next day I ran 13. So I had like a big, big chunk in there. And then leading into, you know, year later leaving leading into Sonoma now I'm getting more 50 mile weeks consistently I had my first 30 mile training run leading into this race I had a couple 30 mile training runs I had you know plenty of 50 mile 50 plus mile weeks and it's all because we just keep adding a new layer onto the base that I already have we're not trying to build 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 on a base that's not solid yeah, that, that mileage goes to waste, in my opinion. If you don't have the foundation to absorb that speed or that volume, then you're literally taxing your body so much that recovery is going to take longer. Yeah, and my recovery is, is pretty great. And, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about how you coach me is that you'll say, well, how, how you, I'll be like, all right, what's up for tomorrow? You're like, how you doing today? I'm like, I feel amazing. You're like, all right, you got another two, three hours in you tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I can do like a two hour run and then a three hour run and then like a five hour run. It's like, my God, that's amazing. But if, if we were like, okay, you have to do this weekend where you have to do 10 miles and 15 miles and 30 miles, it would be like, oh, you know, like out in the future, we're not, we're not giving, we're not giving me a chance to say, Hey, I got to back off. Hey, this is talking hey, I feel amazing, let's even go bigger. Right, it's, so it's present moment coaching, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really effective. All right, so that's the training. That's pretty good volume. If your biggest week was this week, then you got up to 50 a couple times. So you really never ran in a week the full 62 miles. I which... got over 60, I got over 60 two or three times. Okay. All right. Yeah, which is awesome. Leading into Sonoma, I got over 60 once. And I was like, ooh, and again, it's all a bonus. It's like, oh my God, look at what that added up to. Not, we weren't chasing the miles. 
So this is a really great base for going longer. 100 miles. Yeah. All right, let's go into uh let's go into the race. Okay. I really want to capture the um the vibrancy and entertaining um element of this race because you had talked about it. We looked at the website, we saw videos, got on YouTube, but nothing really prepares you for when you pull up the at 4:30 in the morning and you, the music is pumping and it actually made me think about Woodstock when I went to Woodstock in uh, the mid 90s when it came back and it was just a party scene like it's just music from the start the DJ was pumping the energy it was super high it was tent city um, really blew my mind especially at 4 30 in the morning and- it's so cool the RD is like amazing she's like on top of this truck dresses the mad she must say i mean every time i look at a story she's got another costume on i think her name is jubilee she is amazing by the time i came in she had a bear costume on with a flower halo that was like lighting up and i just gave her a big hug i was like this is an incredible show that you put on like it's a show it's like a broadway show and then in the middle of it you've got people running 100k and 100 mile i mean it's just so they had fire dancers. I don't know if you saw I didn't that. See those, no. There were fire dancers, and I mean, it was just yeah. I mean, they have a they have everything from the you know best costume to best ass award. I mean, it's they say it's an R rated event. R rated event. Um, it was. It certainly amazing. is. The, the bombs that she was dropping on the mic and. <laughs> The type of music that was playing got pretty rowdy. They have like a full-on DJ who I guess is a badass ultra runner too. And she's like, her job is a DJ. They like full-on like ripping the tunes all day long. And that's right. It's literally, so where she is is on top of a truck. And it's right next to where the tents line this J-shaped course. So every time athletes came in, they had to do this J and do the turnaround right at the finish start line which is right where she was pumping the music with the dj so you had to run through all these tents of people which created this really cool it vibe. was really really cool and you got to experience it three times yes. i just did it on that last it was confusing the first loop. time but now i know what's happening yeah people were like where's the aid station where's the aid station and the guy was telling people go through past the aid station go to the end circle around and get it on your way back it was very com- it, was, it was confusing at the at the, at first. the first and also because yeah. i had i fell once yesterday and i fell right like right before the hoka arch coming into headquarters and i fell and landed on like a cactus and i literally had cactus what are they called prickers in my ass in my skirt and i'm like oh my god i gotta run through like the village turn around, run back. And these things are like sticking into my butt the whole time. And I'm, but thank God I had another skirt. Yeah, it was a quick change too. Yeah, I was you like, where can, I, where can I go? <laughs> no, I just jumped behind this like storage tent, got in there and just whipped my clothes off and changed. Yeah, I was grateful for that. All right, so we're there race morning. We get your pack of pickup. We meet up with some people. You place your your drop bag at the little staging area. And then um, how did you prepare it right before the race? We went back to the car and we meditated. And when my training comes down, I do longer meditations. And that's something that my teacher taught me. It's that nothing is going to give you energy like meditation. And it's really true because meditation puts you in a brainwave that's more energizing than actual sleep. So I've been talking about sleep probably this last couple months on and off. Like 
that it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be. And I really cha- got an opportunity to change my relationship to sleep as I was leading into pacing my friend at Tahoe. So I'm really, really grateful for that because that really got me to look at my relationship to sleep and these patterns that I have that at 7 o'clock I put my jammies on or 8 o'clock and you don't go out. And I was getting myself out the door at 8.30, 9 o'clock, even just going for 20-minute runs to interrupt this sleep pattern that I had developed, which is super helpful knowing what's in my future. And so we went back to the car and meditated, which was really peaceful and deep. And it was funny because there was a, during that meditation, there was a couple times where I was like going to visualize And visualizations have been like, they've been a distraction to my meditation because my meditations are taking me to a kind of a deeper level of peace where I'm like, I don't need to visualize because I already know. So what's in your awareness when you, when you're not thinking about anything, you're not trying to visualize, what what are you focused on? I don't even know. I mean, it's a state of like no mind. Like I'm finally, after all these years, I'm finally experiencing consistent bouts of meditation. So meditation is the mind at deep rest. So you're not thinking or focusing on anything. It's just I've dropped into a, it's really, I can't explain it. But until you get there, you got to show up and you got to spend the time concentrating the mind. You got to train the mind. And so that's why I think it's really easy to get frustrated with meditation when you're doing 10, 15 minutes because it doesn't give the the mind enough time to settle down and to be quiet. So stretching it out to 20, 25 minutes, even if you're just beginning, is is really good, I think, because it's going to give you more time. But you're going to be in the battle, and that's cool. Anybody who's experiencing actual bouts of meditation has been in the battle, And um, so, yeah, I've just been in this like really deep, I guess you could just say it's this communion with um, an energy that's underneath it all. I'm just hanging there. I'm hanging. I'm hanging with that. It's really cool. Did you feel excited when we walked away from the car and headed towards? Yeah. So I've been feeling excited. So, okay, so Sunday of last week, I was meditating, and I heard the number 1452, and then I heard the thought, motherfucker, I'm going to break 15 hours at this race. Knowing all I had to do was like under 17 to throw my name in for most lotteries for 100 milers. I already qualified to do that because of what I did at Sonoma, but I was like, motherfucker. Like, I'm gonna have to earn this, aren't I? And of course I am, because that's what I that's well, that's, that's how I approach for. racing. And I love that. I love being in charge of every second. I love that. So I was like 1452. So I saw that time, but then I the time what I understood from that was that's the time. It's up to you to beat it. It's not set in stone. You can do whatever you want with this time. You could screw it up like it's yours to lose, which I wasn't going to, or you could um, you could go even faster. 
So I was like, ah, oh, dang, like, why can't I just go in there and be like, ah, oh, 17 hours, cruise, walk, whatever. But I knew that, yeah, I was going to go in there and I was going to earn it and put it all out there. And I think that, you know, showing up in your training really translates to showing up in your racing because you got to show up in your racing too. And it, you really want to sharpen that skill of showing up. Don't expect that if you're not showing up in your training that all of a sudden you're going to be able to show up to your potential in racing. You're not. So it's just like these skills that we get to sharpen. Like I just had this knowing that it was going to be an amazing experience. And I just left it at that. Like I wasn't visualizing or anything like that. And I remember my friend Golden said to me earlier this year, she's like, do you spend a lot of time visualizing your races? And I was like, you know, I'm, I don't anymore. And she goes, yeah. She goes, you don't need to at this point because you just – you're just attuning to that higher vibration and you don't need to get involved in it. Like you just trust it. Like you could probably visualize for two minutes and you'd be all set. Like what I used to do for every day for a month. Like I used to be crazy about my visualizations. So I was feeling excited, excited, excited. And I was feeling really powerful all week. And then I just imagine all that energy kind of going into like right into the center of my heart. And then I go, okay, now just stay there. Just stay there. Right? And that's kind of like that pratahara, the self-regulation of the science of yoga. It's like, it's the self-restraint. Not like, oh my God, it's going to be so tired. Da, da, da. Like, you know, spewing out all your energy. But having that self-regulation to just feel this incredible energy that you want to scream from the mountaintop and just let it build and build and build. It's really cool. So yes, I was excited, but more so in a knowing sense than knowing that I was going to have a really, really beautiful experience, really powerful, amazing experience, and not exciting in the emotional sense of yeah, it. Well, I think the energy, and Carol had this question too, like the energy of the, the event, you know, was it more of something that helped you attune to that? In, in your in yourself that that oneness or was it more of a distraction into uh, the goal that you needed to achieve no I was completely attuned to the whole experience I remember the whole reason why I was there is because it was coming into my awareness for well over a year so I was totally attuned and really appreciative and really enjoying watching people just have fun and party and be a part of that so it wasn't a distraction although I do like the silence on the trail. But I also am like, I go into aid stations and, you know, I, I interact and then I'm out of there. And I like, um, I like running by myself. And during this race, you know, I was able to, had the luxury of an experience to pace you the last 20 miles in the dark out there on the trails. And it was certainly a party scene, especially at um, Jackass. <laughs> a station and the heavily in a headquarters um but other than that it was pretty quiet was and so peaceful amazing. if you didn't if you didn't create the noise like if you just heard the crickets and just heard your foot strike and your breath and it was so that's that's the that's the epic when i say it was epic that's the epic you know, starting out on the first loop yesterday, just after sunrise, and it's still chilly, and the sun is still rising up, and it's gorgeous. It was so 
beautiful. And there's people stopping and taking pictures and I haven't in the past taken pictures during the race because I'm like, this is, this is for me. Like this is my, this is for me to enjoy right now and not be distracted by getting my phone out. And actually I even had you bury my phone like in the bottom of my bag. Cause it was I just, way down. I was like, in case, whatever, just in case. And on that first loop in those first miles, I just was looking around, I was taking it in. I was connect, like just connecting and asking the desert to, to welcome me in. And I was thanking it for allowing me to be there. And that my intention was to tread lightly and that I was there to appreciate and to share in its power. That's what I love. I, I feel like everything I've done has led me to the trail and it's, I just absorb in nature and I ask it to absorb me. I just want to become one with it. And through the evening as the sun went down, remember how beautiful it was when the sun went down? It was blinding me. I couldn't really see anything. And then the crickets, like, and you could hear the birds in the dark, like some birds making noise. It was just, it was amazing. And the swallows, the old, old, amazing cactuses out there. Whoa. You pointed out two of them too. I think we crested this small little hill and there was one on either side of us. Yes. Kind of like goalposts and they were just so supporters yeah and our lights were just shedding enough light on them and they were just wow epic yeah just their presence was was demanding yes yes it's like i'm here i'm here just go through me like go through here and be on your way and i always like I always say those are like my spectators. Those are my fans. Like at one point you and I were running, I started to laugh a little bit and you were like, what? I'm like, because there was this cricket making a lot of noise. And I was like, he's like cheering us on, like supporting us. It was really cool. I, I, yeah. For for those that, you know, want to know how how does someone pace uh, 100K um, coming off of, you know, somewhat of a two-week taper, so you're feeling good, and your energy is calm and and purposeful and determined. And you come to the race start, and you line up, and you start running, and you see people passing you, and they're just they're going strong. And you're like, well, I actually feel pretty good. I should probably go a little bit stronger than I wanted to. How, how what's your approach to starting to starting a long adventure like this? We had a plan, and the plan was conservative on the first loop. So it's just holding back. I'm so over, like I'm so not attuned to any thoughts about people passing me. It doesn't matter. Because, I mean, I should say, not 100% not attuned to them. Because people will pass me and I'm like, I'm going to pass them all later. Like I know I'm going to pass them all later. I passed so many people on that second loop. So my, my plan was conservative on the first loop. And really didn't do a lot of study of the chorus, but real recognized pretty quick that the first 10 and a half mile, like the first 10 and a half miles, most of that is a net gain. And then it's kind of flat. Then it kind of ebbs and flows as you go in and out of these washes. And then you hit Jackass Junction. And after you hit Jack, Jackass Junction, it's kind of a net downhill. So when I hit Jackass at 10 and a half, and then started to go down, I was just cruising super light and easy. 
And I was like, gosh, I, I, I need to be conservative. So every 10, 15 minutes, I would stop and walk for a couple of minutes. And then I would start again, just knowing, like not getting panicked about like, I shouldn't be walking because I feel really good. So I took that first loop conservative. And the thing that you've taught me, BJ, is that, you know, that as you increase your effort, it doesn't necessarily mean that your paces are going to increase, but you're increasing your effort, right? So the plan was first loop conservative, second loop push, and third loop was balls out, whatever. So first loop was longer than um, than any of the other loops, which is really kind because this this loop that you do, this additional loop, which I think brings you to about 22 or 23 miles on that first loop, I could see that that would be pretty challenging. It was probably the most technical included the most technical parts of the course and you just do that once and you do it in the daytime and that's lovely. Then the other two loops, so this is for the 100k course, are under 20 miles each. And so the first loop I came in just over 5 hours and you know, I had about 20 23 miles and the second loop, it's a washing machine style. So basically I went back out the way I came in. Now we're talking about a net gain. And I was like, dang, I forgot I got to push this section. So I just pushed, pushed, pushed. I would say I was one of five people that were running out there. It must have passed 50 people. I mean, I think we looked at my progression last night when I came in. You know, I hit the first aid station in like 189th position and ended up top 20 in, in overall female yesterday and just pushed and was running up, 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 knowing, okay, just get to jackass. That's nine miles. Just push. And when I wasn't pushing, I kept the same amount of effort power hiking, just a relentless, just push that nine miles, knowing that I'm strong enough. You know, another thing I've learned from you, BJ, is like race day is about testing your fitness and trusting your fitness. So when it was getting like, whew, whew, this is, whew, this is tough. And it was getting hot. Um, which none of those things really shook me. It was just noticing what was happening and respecting this temple that I live in. So I did three minutes running, one minute hard walking, three minutes running, one minute hard walking. And this is really where I was like made that connection between the showing up because I didn't feel like running uphill for three minutes and then walking hard for a minute. I think maybe even walking hard for a minute was probably the toughest because I just wanted to go easy. And it was like, yeah. I can show up here without effort even when I don't feel like it because I show up when I don't feel like it. And so it just makes it easier. And then um, finish that second loop in I think a little under five. And then you and I had it out. And at that point, my eyes were kind of bugging out. The sun was low. Couldn't really see anything. And you like get on the trail. You like start running. I was like, whoa, dude, like, hold on a second. I'm just like, I can't really see. My eyes are bugging out. I just need a second. So we kind of, I think I wouldn't say we took it a little easy to that first aid station, which is about mile four of the third loop. So now we're at about mile 45. And then we pu- I, I pushed it from that to jackass around mile 50 I started to feel nauseous and it's dark now we have our lights on yeah we have our lights on different different a whole set of different circumstances I know but I love it you do 
Why do you love it so much? I love it because it's just, it's like focus. Because all you can see is what's in front of you. I love that. Something I, And something that you never r- truly w- was gravitating to. No, I was scared of it. Right. And I remember asking people about night running and they, and they, and someone said that to me they said, no, it's, it's actually easier because all you're doing is focusing on what's in front of you. And I was like, oh, that's how I live. I, that's going to be awesome. So I love it. Especially if you have lumens, lots of lumens. Yeah, lots of lumens. And so we got to jackass on that third loop was starting to feel pretty, not pretty, pretty nauseous, like Something had to give, right? I was like, oh, okay. Like, this had to give. I started to feel a little nauseous. But I was I was thinking that, like, Jackass Junction was going to kind of save all. I was going to have something warm, maybe some broth, like, something to kind of settle my stomach. Because it was just starting to not feel good. And then when I got to Jackass and started to smell the food, that's when my stomach was like, no. And I got, first of all, shout out to Havelina, vegan friendly. I mean, it even says, like, ask about vegan at the aid station. So she gave me some potato soup and I took one tiny little sip of broth and I was like, "Uh uh-uh. And then you gave me ginger and I was like, "Uh uh-uh. And then um, I was like, I don't, like I had this moment of like, I don't know what to do. And the people were like, what, what do you need? And I was like, maybe just some water. I was still kind of sipping on Roctane and I grabbed a pretzel, just like one pretzel. And we left Jackass and was just kind of walking a little bit of a tiny little hill out of there, tiny, tiny little hill out of there. And we started walking a little bit and it just wasn't feeling good. We ran, 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 ran. And then I stopped and had like just a couple, like maybe 30 seconds of throwing up. And I was so grateful because I knew I was going to feel better on the other side of that. Couple, couple minutes of walking there, sipping on some ginger ale to just and like literally taking tiny little bites of pretzel knowing that it's like okay great this is what happens you get through this and then you're gonna feel better and then I I felt better but I also had this confidence you guys I was so good with my nutrition my nutrition game was on point my goal was to get I wanted to front load nutrition because I have a strong constitution and I knew I was going to be feeling really good and I was going to have all my faculties going in the right direction so I had 700 calories in me in an hour and a half of that race yesterday at two hours I had a thousand fifty calories in me so I was just front loading calories and then it was like roctane 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 watermelon pringles you love your pringles and pickles (laughs) I haven't had pringles since like a long time. But you love potato chips. Yes, but these Pringles yes. were so good because they're like kind of not really chips or like something they're else. They're like legit Pringles. They were all like st- perfectly oh, aligned. Yeah, like, you just grab a sack right. and you go. They were amazing. <laughs> so watermelon, Pringles, pickles. Um, that was pretty much my nutrition. And t- and how many gels? You started taking gels? I only took three gels. And then at the end you were like, no, don't, I do not want gels. Yeah, you were, when we left Jackass, you were like, do you want this? No. Do you want Rocking? No. Do you want gels? No. Please don't ask me if I want gels again. <laughs> I don't want gels. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want any more gels. But I knew that was going to happen, so I had taken a gel before the race, and I took two in the first hour and a half, 
plus put down two bottles of Roctane. So that was that 700 calories. Um, had 1,050 in by two hours. Uh, and then it was just Roctane because I was like, okay, I got a really good base. Let that absorb and just keep doing 250 calories an hour and just see how it goes. The other thing I did was I had four BCAA capsules before the race started and two capsules every hour until... I couldn't do it anymore. So I think I took in 24 capsules yesterday and then salt. I went through three quarters of a little capsule of those base salt and I started hitting salt at 10 minutes into the race. 10 minutes into the race, I took salt. The first aid station, when it was still cool out and the sun wasn't high in the sky, I had iced down my arm warmers, which were now arm coolers and just cooling off and salt from the start. Yeah, it takes a, it's a commitment, right? It's a commitment to your nutrition and all the training that you put in, all the training that you put in, the time, the hours can immediately be diminished, be swept away if your nutrition isn't on point and you need to practice it. So you've been practicing and practicing and practicing every long run you do, you're filling up the backpack, you're filling up your water bottles in the front, you've got your salt. Every long run, you've done that. So you're training your body. And luckily, you've had some really good heat days, heat training days, where you've been able to see what the body's sweating out, what you need, what you what you don't like, and sticking with that. But also being flexible, being flexible with, I don't need to shove calories down right now. My stomach is not, you know, it's really not vibing. It's okay to step away. I think there was when I was pacing you, I think there was like a 30 or 40 minute section where you didn't, I didn't see you take anything in because you're just letting, letting the stomach just calibrate, like recalibrate. Okay, well, this is where we are now. Let me give it some time. I've got enough calories in me to keep moving. It doesn't mean I stop. And eventually it will turn. It will always turn. It will always turn. Yeah. Just give it time. It just And needs don't some... get caught up in don't get caught up in how the body feels. Don't get caught up mentally in how the body feels. Because if you get caught up mentally in how the body feels, the body is going to take a lot longer to turn. And so in that, I think you actually got it on video when I was like walking and I had the ginger ale and I didn't know you were videoing me. It's actually pretty good. Like maybe we'll pop that up on Patreon so people can check it out. <laughs> where I, it's me basically in, in a rough spot with the body. And, and I say, this is amazing. And you're like, why is this amazing? And I can't remember what I said, but that's how I looked at it. I was like, this is amazing. And even when I was throwing up, I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. This is amazing. Thank you, body. Like you are so unbelievable. And so smart. It knew. It was like, okay, enough for now. Yeah. So that's the attunement with the body. Like, listen to your body. Like, listen to it. It's telling you something, right? It's saying, like, stop the calories right now. I just need to catch up for a few moments. You can keep going. But I had the confidence that I was going to be fine, number one, because I'm not the body, but also because I had had so, I had so many calories in my body already. And you got to find what works, right? So it's like, what? Ginger, ugh, potato soup, ugh, pretzel. Pretzels and water. And then even in those last miles, I was sipping a little bit of goo roctane. And we got to that last aid station. We had 3.7 miles left. I didn't know we had, we had that little. I knew it wasn't a lot. And I was standing there and the girl looked at me. And I think you were filling your bottles up. And the girl looked at me and she's like, what do you need? What do you need? I said, I need the finish line. I'm out of here. And I was like, Beej, I'm out of here. Like, 
and I actually wasn't filling up my water bottles. I was sipping on some Coke. <laughs> I couldn't pass up the Coke. So you you went into the darkness. I'm like, I got to go catch her. <laughs> so I downed the Coke and quickly caught up to you. Yeah, I was we, just like, I need the finish line. But you did that at the Jackass one too. Like, just keep moving. And I think that's a, I think it's a good, good, um, runner pacer relationship like the runner will like let the runner keep moving through it's it him or her know like they need to keep moving you just support them you stay in the back you get what you need and then just catch up and you tell the pacer what you need like i said to you i was like i need you to stay behind me right like i just need you to stay behind me because your light was actually giving me really like your light was around your waist and my light was on my head and it was just giving me really great full spectrum light and I felt strong. The whole thing was like when I was running, I felt strong. I didn't feel, I could feel that strength I've been doing for the last three months. Like I didn't feel like my form was really breaking down. So you finished the race. Well, let's talk about just briefly, like what did it feel like to, to come up that hill as you approached the, the finish and you were saying to yourself, I've never had you here yeah. to experience <laughs> like good for me. Was it good for me? Yeah. Yay for me. Or yay for me. <laughs> Is that something you do in races? Typically, like in races? Yeah. yeah. Yay for me. Why do you do that? Because I just like to celebrate Jess. Like she just, she just shows up and she gives it everything. And she, she's so true to her goals. And she, I think she's really cool. I think that she is super strong and she's really grateful. And she's done a lot of work to align herself with all that is powerful and good and that she doesn't have to be punished to live there and she's gritty and she pushes when she doesn't want to push and she's so loving of her body and her mind and so yeah yay for me I like to celebrate this girl that I get to be um I think she's pretty cool. I do too. I get. I know her. I know her more than anybody does, and um, she's um, she's pretty true to what she says. Yeah, you commit. Your determination. Your determination is, is just, amazing. It's just so strong, and solid, and. I love to witness it. I love to be out there witnessing the whole thing, being a, being, having the front row seat actually for 20 miles which was pretty cool yeah what did you think about that last like when we left well what do you what did you think about it knowing I already had like 42 miles and um what was your observation as my coach and as my husband yeah I was extremely impressed with the way that you just kept navigating the three three minutes running the one minute walking grabbing what you needed in the aid stations not shopping the buffet and moving on and understanding your awareness was really was really acute to knowing that you needed to fuel up. You know, I didn't need to remind you you were on your you were on your game and your pace looked good and you were running strong and, and there were a couple instances in there where you picked up your pace and you started I could feel the momentum going, like the three one was ditched and you were just cruising. And there were stretches of like I'd say anywhere between five and ten minutes you were just running consistently and strong and then when we would hit a little hill you would walk and some of them you would run but you're always moving forward which was great the only time i saw you really stop was the the little throwing up which 
really wasn't a lot. I've seen you throw up a lot worse. <laughs> so in that, in that respect, um, yeah, I was thoroughly, you know, I want to say I'm impressed, but this is who you are. Like you're the example of strength and power. And you were talking about the calmness that you had in, in the quiet and the power you had in the calm. And if it was a different way, if their music was blaring or people were talking or you just don't gravitate to that anymore. You have, you have that confidence that actually the quiet and calm is what you are craving. And this was in the middle of the night, out in the middle of nowhere. If we stopped and we did stop and you look around, you'd see some headlights, you'd see some cactuses, outline, outlines of cactuses, you'd hear the crickets, but, and maybe some foot strike, and maybe, maybe a little bit of muffled chatter, but that was it. Other than that, it was pretty peaceful out there. Yeah, it, it was, it was, I'm glad I got to partake in that, you know, it's, it's, thank you for letting me be your pacer for well, the last it 20 months. Well, <clears throat> you passed, it won't be your last time. Um, yeah, I was really, I wanted you, I wasn't talking a lot, which is, I really appreciate you not like having a problem with me not talking. Like you would tell me things, you were reading me things that people had sent and I just wasn't even responding, but I was listening. And, but what I wanted you to, like what I wanted you to, to remind, like not remind me, but I was, I just remember saying like, I'm so peaceful feel so peaceful right now and my body was in total distress and I was like I feel so peaceful right now and there were a couple times where I was like oh yeah should I use a mantra like thinking and I would try a mantra I was like oh everything was distraction the mind I noticed this and I talked about this after Lake Sonoma the mind is quiet and it and it just I felt like it was just kind of like tucked back there just resting and it was very I was very very peaceful and the body was definitely in distress but my set point is it's really powerful to be that peaceful and be pushing that hard and um yeah it's really it's in it's it's available for every single person that's on this earth everybody that's your birthright to be peaceful and to be powerful and to be calm so you showed up every day leading into this race with that peace and calm and and on race day it showed up you finished seventh in your age group seventh out of 124 women who started i think it was 120 was it my age group no i think no there were less but seventh overall seventh in your age group 20th female uh, 124 finished uh, started the race and 93 finished the race nice so quite impressive top 10 in your age group woohoo 20 overall woohoo first 100k yay for me yay for you <laughs> yay for uh, Jess alright that helps Jess <laughs> Just like Good those, for Jess. Just likes those stats. All right, let's help our listeners navigate the world of ultra running and give them some just quick um, tips on the gear that you use because I think gear was pretty important for this type of race. When you start to go longer, the gear that you choose is 
really really needs to be spot on you can't use a headlamp that you use for camping with like one or two little yeah so you know what i'm talking about now when i talk about lumens right i do know what the lumens are all about it's all about lumens out there all right so give them a rundown what do you think is the most important gear that they need to have to to embark on a journey like this oh gosh well two things that i really just were amazing last night was my headlamp which is the petzl now plus and it's 750 lumens i think when it's on its brightest um and um it just it's first of all it's badass looking so you put that thing on you're like let's rock and roll uh second thing is that it's comfortable and you can get a backup battery which the backup battery is like 70 bucks and it's worth it you just buy it right you just get in that abundance mindset and you say yeah i'm gonna have a backup battery it's easy to charge it's super durable so a good headlamp because we saw some people out there with headlamps that were like subpar lumens you know i really like the lumens out there light up the night because because there's a depth perception that happens um and when you have more lumens it really helps with that depth perception at running running at night and then i won the um kogala 800 lumen lamp in the sweepstakes the other day Havelina was doing a giveaway and I saw the giveaway and I was like I'm gonna win like I just knew I was gonna win so I put my name in put my entries in and I won so I got that which is great it's like a $160 um, night running lamp so you'll be using that for my next race and a jacket that is lightweight but also like provides a ton of warmth I love the Patagonia Houdini it's it's ridiculous. Like you don't, you don't, you can't figure out why it keeps you so warm because it's featherweight and it packs up into a tiny little bag. So I would say having a good jacket because it's got a hood and everything. And that's all I took out on that second loop. And there was a point when we left Jackass and I was like, I started to shiver and I was like, okay, I'm going to put my Houdini on. And it really is. It's magical. So a good jacket, good headlamp and a a running pack that's comfortable for you. You got to find your you got to find your style and your brand. So, I love Ultimate Direction. I've had two friends buy the pack that I partic- I wear. I wear the um Ultimate Direction Halo. Absolutely love it. It's small, it's but you can fit a ton in it and it's low profile and it just it becomes a part of me. But Two of my friends bought it and they returned it. Did not work for them at all. So you gotta you gotta give or take. But what I've found is these companies are amazing. Like Halo just uh, Ultimate Direction just replaced my entire pack because some stuff was like kind of having some pretty quick wear and tear on it. And they were like, no questions, sent me a brand new pack. They were great. Um shoes same thing make sure your shoes are shoes that you could live in so I found um, the ultra temps are my jam I love those shoes and my feet are doing pretty well I have like I said I've got one toe that got pretty beat up and um, so good shoes good good lumens I'm talking specifically for like when you're going into temperature changes good jacket and then gaiters I love gaiters I use dirty girl gaiters and uh, I felt like it was a course yesterday that gaiters were really good because they prevent the rocks from getting into your shoes. But I almost always wear my gaiters because one day I was running down Mount Baldy 
and I got my shoelace stuck on a rock and I had some non-physical support there that um, kept me from basically having a terrible, terrible fall. And I was like, went home that night, ordered the gaiters, and I wear them all the time. I think you're missing one key tool. Lube. Lube. (laughs) Squirrels, not butter. Gratuitously. nut butter. Gratuitously lube your nuts. (laughs) I love that stuff. And they have a vegan version. And uh, Chris, the owner, is super cool. So Yeah, it's really good stuff. I, I know I've used it quite a bit, you know, under the arms and just the areas that, that are going to chafe, the back of your neck. And but I've also used thighs. it on like like my tattoo. Like I got my second, ta- I got my most recent tattoo in August, you know, and I'm still out training and it's like in the hot and the heat. And sometimes it would get a little irritated and I would put the squirrels at night on my tattoo and it just soothed it. So they put some really good ingredients in there so over and over and over and over again you've proved to yourself that anything is possible for you and you may come up with some challenges but you always seem to navigate them and I think back to when you said you were never going to do triathlon and you did triathlon and then you did your half Ironman and then you did a full Ironman and then you started running marathons and then you ventured into long distance running and now ultra running and now you've just finished your first 100k so i want to wrap this up with helping those who are listening that say oh that's great that's amazing i can never do that i can never do that i can never run 100k i can never run a marathon my knees are too bad and and they have the doubt and fear that they're not capable of achieving this. What can you what can you leave our listeners with that maybe will help them take that next step? What you've just described is very, very common. And so it really depends on how you feel about those things. Do those things make you feel good like are you fine with saying like oh I could never run that oh I kind of like I don't it's not on my heart to go to Kona like I'm okay with that it's not on my heart to go to Kona are you okay with like does it feel good to live within those beliefs and if it feels good well you can stay there as long as you want I want to speak to the people who are kind of have kind of had it with the limitations. They've kind of had it with the anxiety. They've kind of had it with the fear. They've, they're getting, they're starting to get pissed about these beliefs that are holding them back from what their heart is telling them. Cause they, they also have an, uh, an attunement with their heart and they, they're like, Oh, I would love to do that. But I would love to do that. But those are the people who are on their way. Right. And so it's all about how you feel. It's all about how you feel because the feeling is the creation. So if you feel like you want to run 100K, it's already in you. And from point A to point B, B being the finish line of that 100K, it's yes, it's the physical prep. But the physical prep and everything along the way is going to be so much harder if we're not doing the mental reps every day. 
And the mental reps start with just paying attention. Pay attention to those thoughts. Now, if you're somebody that says, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, my knees are bad. I'm fine with that. Okay, good. Stay there as long as you want. But perhaps you might just pay a little more attention. Just pay attention. Are you fine there? Because that soul of who you truly are is here to expand. We are always, we're actually always expanding. Just because of the time that we live in, all the technological advancements, we are expanding because those things are expanding. So just pay attention. It all starts with paying attention. So all this stuff that I'm talking about, the peace, when my body's in total distress, the gratitude, when I'm throwing up on the side of the trail, breaking my rib at a 50K a month before this race and basically having a broken rib throughout all my training and being totally grateful for all of it. That all started by just paying attention because what happened was by paying attention, I got to see how I was moving through the world and I got to see the incongruency between how I was moving through the world and what I wanted to see in the world. I wanted to see a peaceful world. I wanted to see a world of connection. I wanted to see a world of love. I wanted to see a world of people living their dreams and I wasn't doing that. I was putting out anxiety. I was putting out fear. I was putting out judgment. Yeah, I was putting out love. I was putting out power. I've always been very intuitive, very, very intuitive, very, very, very powerful my whole life. But I was, I was doing it through the ego. I was putting out a lot into the world that I didn't want to see in the world. And so by paying attention... I got a chance to shift that stuff. And by shifting that stuff, I was able to rid myself of those things. And as I rid myself of those things, I realized that the better it gets, the better it gets. Beautifully said, as usual. It's just so on point. And I draw extreme inspiration from listening to you and being with you and this path that we're on, it's, it's not easy, as we've shared with everyone before. But I wouldn't have it any other way because the growth that we get from these experiences trumps anything, anything. And we just come out stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And we continue to do so because we stand up to those beliefs and we, we stay present. We stay present and in the moment. Yeah, I'm going to close with two things. Um, number one, Jody, I did not see any javelinas out there. <laughs> she loves javelinas. My friend Jody loves javelinas. Didn't see me out there. And number two, on one of the trail runs that I do regularly in Carlsbad, Calavera Hills or Lake Calavera Trails, there's a labyrinth there. And every time I go there, I always run the labyrinth, which makes my pace slower, which makes me not have as much miles. But I love running the labyrinth. So when you run the lab or you walk a labyrinth, you go in with what you want to let go of. And when you get to the center of the labyrinth, you let go of that. And then you bring in what it is that you want to bring in. So I had done this um, about 10 days before the race. And I always, I never plan it. 
I just take my first step into the labyrinth and then whatever it is that I need to let go of, it just kind of comes. And so I was going into the labyrinth and I was like, I want to let go of any, any remnants of limitation that I'm not seeing. I want to I let go of any remnants of limitation that I'm not seeing. And then I got to the center and as I came back out, I said, and I've really been like, this has been in my awareness, that I live in the energy of all that is good, all that is powerful, all that is loving, all that is abundant, and I do not have to be punished to live there. I can live there freely knowing that there doesn't have to be a dark side, that I can live in that power and limitless experience and not have to feel bad about it, not have to dim my light for anyone else, and that I get to do this so others can, can see it, and that I don't want to do that from the ego. I want to do that from the heart. And I felt that going into Havelina. I had such a really deep knowing that it was going to be an amazing experience. And I remember just thinking, that doesn't mean anything bad needs to happen. You don't have to be punished because you live in all that is good, all that is calm, all that is powerful and trusting and, and limitless. And that's available for everyone. In fact, it's our birthright. In fact, it's what we came here to find. And it all starts with just paying attention. All right. Have a great, great recovery week. And then what's next? Uh, I get the amazing honor of pacing our athlete Jody at her first 50 mile in two weeks, I think, November 16th. Awesome. So very cool. She sent me a text about finishing last night, and I just replied to her, You're next. <laughs> 